Camel boots on my feet, bow in my hand, walking in the early Why dawn, present. Up in my Welcome stand. to America Reach Outdoors. I'm calling via phone. I'm on my front porch looking at it, drizzle rain, and I am quarantined. My wife had COVID. She's over it now. She's doing well. They released her. She went back to school. She's teaching, and it affects people differently, Redbone. It does. That's one of the strangest things about this whole deal is the fact that if it affects everyone differently. And I don't know if because of your physical uh, makeup or, you know, I, I don't know if we'll ever know all the rhyme or reason to it. But it really has been one of the most amazing things I've seen in my 61 years. Yeah, no doubt. And I think if you had a, anybody with past medical history problems that put you in the high risk, you know, uh, I know you're uh, – you know, Linda Bird has, uh, you know, a couple things that could have affected her. And, uh, you know, thank goodness it didn't. Um, like myself, you know, with luckily I had uh, when I went through my COVID a year ago, it stayed away from my heart, which was a good thing. That's what the doctors kept saying. Just keep it away from your heart. Like I had a choice in it, but, you know, <laughs> uh, you know and it did. So I, I ended up not having to get uh, hospitalized or anything. But, uh, man, it's uh it's affected people I've known personally and two family members pretty bad. Uh, but. You know, luckily, uh, everybody's come through, and uh, Linda Bird's on her way back to uh, full health. And like uh, Alex says, she's heading back to work here soon, too. Well, that's fantastic. Yeah, she went back actually today, guys. She went to school today, and actually yesterday. And she, uh, I was tired yesterday evening, and she uh, went back to school, and they released her, and everything's good. But, uh, you know, they're going to do testing of deer now. Let's talk about that. Have you heard about COVID testing deer here in Missouri? I have not. Yeah, I saw a headline or something somewhere. I, I, I don't think I read the article, but, yeah, and I think they're going to do that nationwide. They're going to, you know, do some testing to see if it's in the deer herd. Guys, as I'm speaking to you, I'm looking at a buck in my backyard. This is no joke. There's a buck in my backyard walking up to some does as I'm speaking to you. This is crazy. Linda, look out the window. Look at that big buck walking up here. This is crazy, guys. The wives I've been sending me pictures. And uh, wives I've showed me deer activity ever since 2.30 today. So this front's coming in. It's got these deer to moving like crazy. I'm sorry it took my attention away, but that's the crazy thing about calling in from home and uh, being able to uh, see the things and still talk about the show and experience real life things as we're doing the show. Oh, well, that's okay, Alex. We understand. We just got to keep you away from shiny objects. You know, <laughs> <laughs> you get distracted cool. easy. You get distracted easy on shiny objects. You know, squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> squirrel. I'm going to concentrate on doing this show. Oh, look, a squirrel. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Look at this deer. Take a picture of it. It's a good one. Hurry, get a picture. I can't get, get, get yeah. I'll take it on my phone. Hold on. I'll do a video of it as I'm doing the live deal here. He's pretty good buck. I'll send you the picture, guys, as we're doing the show here, okay? 
Yeah, that'd be great. Talk about it. Got another one you got to get on the leash there. <laughs> yep. He's a pretty good one. He's probably 130 class. That's a good deer to me. Yeah, that's that's a good deer for anybody. You know, people talk about those big high numbers, those 160s and 70s and 80s. We don't have many of those in Missouri. Not this part of Missouri. Not this part of Missouri. Uh, you know, 130s, 140s, that's really that's a really good Ozark deer. Yeah. Yeah, if you can get, if you can get it upwards of that 140, you're doing great. Uh, you want anything bigger than that, I don't know. It's move up, uh, you know, find yourself some leases up north there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. They occasionally, they occasionally kill some big deer here, though, in the Ozarks. Yeah, occasionally, yeah. But that, that's that's the, uh, the the exception rather than the rule. And, uh, you know, Alex, you, I, I think you may have seen the picture I posted on my Facebook. It came up on my memories of a, a deer in a when I posted it four years ago, it was just a picture of a picture of a deer that I killed in 1985. Mm-hmm. That was 19. I still had hair. <laughs> and, and, and by and by today, I was still in high school. <laughs> by today's standard, uh, it wasn't really that big of a buck. But in 1985, everybody in town wanted to come see this deer. One thing is a 14 point. But but you look at wow, it now. Wow, 14 scoreable points. Yeah, and I look at him now. And I go. Well, that wasn't such a big deal. But then I remember in 1985, it was a big deal. Wow. And and when it, and when it, and he he rough scored, uh, I think uh, 132. And everybody was just you know going, what 132 is a good buck no matter where you kill him at. You know, I, I've, I've always told people, and I, I believe this today, it's all about the storyline that you have, the relationship you have with trying to shoot that deer. Exactly. That's what it's about. Yeah, I remember that day like it was yesterday. And that's one I bet of, you do. And that's one, of, <laughs> that's one of the arguments that uh, we always get into on uh, Facebook. You always see going back and forth when people saying, you know, oh, you should have let it go another year. You should. Hey, if the guy that or the girl or the kid that took it is happy with it, then everybody should be happy for that person. Yeah, everybody else should just shut, shut up. Shut up. Right. I don't care if it's a 110, a 98, or a or 140. If that person was it was good enough for them to pull the trigger, then it's good enough for that for everybody else. Exactly. I agree 100%. It's a storyline again. And, uh, you know, we've got a great show lined up for everybody. I'm sorry we got distracted here seeing deer in my yard. Squirrel. <laughs> but, uh, but, guys, we're going to talk about the tail end of the backside of the pre-rut. Because the strategies are going to change a little bit here. What's happening is, and I've been watching deer every morning, every evening, there are some bucks already got their harem of does, and they're protecting those does. They're keeping these other bucks run out of the core areas where most of these does are frequenting. You heard me right. I said frequenting. So if you've got a major food plot and these does are coming to it, that's what you need to concentrate on. We're going to talk about the strategies of this during this show. That sounds great. And, of course, we got the uh, just a couple of quick notes before we take a break here. Uh, the youth weekend going on this weekend in Missouri. So get those kids out. And, uh, you know, this will be airing on Saturday morning, so a lot of kids will be in the woods right now. Uh, if, if you didn't get them out, get them out, you know, Saturday afternoon or Sunday. And then Arkansas's youth hunt is the next weekend, first weekend in November. So uh, time to get those kids out and get them to hunting. Yes, it is, guys. You need to be shooting, be practicing, buying good hornady ammunition. And we're going to go to a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about tactics and techniques for the last phase 
latter part of the pre-rut. Don't go away. We'll be right back with more American Roots Outdoors right after this. Hey, everybody. This is Michael Water with Bone Collector, and you're listening to my buddy Alex Rutledge on American Roots Outdoors, man. Don't miss an episode. Wishing on some love. I've been on a big board for a while. Redbone, what would you say if I could tell you that you could kill a buck on a certain day? I would say you're crazy. There's no way to predict how the bucks are going to move. Well, you're wrong. There's a new camera out called Wise Eye Technologies. These guys can predict the actual deer movement exact time that a deer is going to come through. Really? Wise Eye Technology? This camera has five megapixel pictures, has a GPS system built inside, and it's an experience using this camera. It collects data and tells you the movement, wind direction, everything. On a camera? On a camera. WiseEyeTechnologies.com. And how do I find out more information about these guys? You go to WiseEyeSmartCam.com. I'm using them. You should, too. Make your hunt easier. Use WiseEye. Hornady presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. Again, we're talking the latter backside of pre-rut tactics and hunting techniques. Right now, from my observations, I watch deer every morning, every two or three hours, every day. And I'm watching deer in my yard as we speak right now. What I've been seeing, guys and listeners, is the bucks here in the Midwest, your aggressive, dominant bucks, have gathered, herded up, or guarding, protecting these harem of does and these key areas that they're focusing on, which it could be food source, a bedding area, whatever it is, these big bucks are trying to, to, to run off all these other bucks from coming into his territory. He's guarding these these does right now. And it can be pretty tough closing the deal on a deer like this. You know, because you got all these eyes and ears and noses that's going to be watching for any kind of danger. So we're going to talk about techniques of how to close the deal on deer like this in the situation right now for the youth weekend. Yeah, I'm glad you said that, Alex, about the, the fact that uh, you know, when you get to this time of the year and, and there are so many eyes and noses and ears in the woods, it really makes it tough. And I think we, sometimes we forget about that. We get so focused on looking for that buck and then seeing him, and, and we, we forget about all those other deer that are in the area, and those are the ones usually that they get us busted not the buck that we're watching coming through the woods or, or whatever the case may be. And I remember, you know, being on a lot of different hunts, being in a stand and having does all around me and then see a buck trailing at the end mm-hmm. and move all my concentration to him. And then all of a sudden without, you know, unbeknownst to me, the does move to the downwind side. Right. And I go, oh, no. And then you get busted. So uh, it is important to pay attention not just to the deer you're after, but to the deer that are in the area. And I, I guess same way goes with turkeys. Exactly. Exactly. Your thoughts, Wayne? Yeah, I was going to say that's probably one of the hardest things for anybody that is getting into the hunting and that is to be aware of not the one that you're going to shoot, but the, all the other ones that are around you that, <clears throat> excuse me, are maybe not even downwind, but just like you said before, you got so many eyes on you that, uh, you know, you go to move to grab your bow, you go to move to grab that rattle bag or something like that, and you're looking at that buck or you're looking at that mature doe you're trying to get. And you don't see the one off to your left there that has moved over and now is an open spot that they can see you. And 
boom, you get busted. They start stomping and that puts everything else on alert. And once they're on alert, that really sucks because <laughs> <laughs> odds are you, your arrow going over a back is pretty good. That's why, you know, anytime you can get those shots off before they get alerted is always a better for, uh, you know, the recovery of the deer and, um, gets good stories later. <laughs> but yeah. So Alex, you, you said techniques for here for the, the late pre rut. What, uh, what have you got for the hunters? What advice? I think the thing that we need to keep in mind right now, uh, again, the, the latter part, backside of the pre-rut is right when these bucks have gathered the does, like I said, for three times during the show so far, is that, you know, if you, you've spent time using trail cameras like Wise Eye, and I'm running five of them now, I believe, and it can tell you exactly the travel routes of these deer, which way they're coming into the food source or to the water source or whatever. And using these trail cameras strategically helps you close the deal. And that's what I love about Wise Eye to send it to you within one minute of taking the picture or video. And what I've done here, I've patterned like three different bucks and I know what they're doing because of the Wise Eyes. So all these does are coming into this food plot from a certain area every day. Uh, within minutes, and when they do, they uh, the bucks come in behind them later. What he'll do, he'll come in behind those does and stand at the edge of the woods 50 yards in glass and watch everything. And once he feels comfortable, he comes into the field. He comes into the field, the food plot, etc., and he's there guarding them does. He's constantly, he'll eat and he'll look, looking for other bucks. He's guarding them right now. And once one of these does come in heat, what he'll do, he'll take that doe and he'll push her off to the side. And he'll wait for her. She goes to smell for 24 hours, comes in heat. He'll guard her. And he'll, I mean, he'll stand over, he'll fight for her to death until death. And that, that's coming near here within the next week or two. So uh, the strategy needs to be huff the wind when you go into your food plot. Make sure you got the wind in your face. As you always say, Mike, make sure your eyes are watering. Mm -hmm. And when you go in, you need to go in undetected. You don't need to walk through the wide open food plot, use a timber line or brush or anything to get in there. A technique that I've used many times, believe it or not, because I I use my vehicle on my property a lot. I'm going to have my wife to drop me off and leave the truck running. She drops me off and drive on. It's helped me close the deal a lot of times. So there's no sense of making mock scrapes or anything if you've got these deer found, this core area that they're frequenting. And keep that wind in your face, being scent-free, washing in a good scent-neutralizing product, your hair, your body, your clothes. Don't wear your hunting clothes uh, in the camp, gas stations, etc. Then uh, use something like Ozonics. I believe in Ozonics. They don't sponsor us, but I can't tell you how many deer I've had downwind of me. And I closed the deal. I killed one of the oldest deer on my farm one year using Ozonics and had like 30 some does in the food plot. And he was guarding all them does. And it was a late season, last rut hunt. And uh, I smoked him and he come in downwind. So that's the tactic. Use the wind. Strategically go in, be going undetected and be sent free. That'll help you close the deal on one of these bucks. I saw Alex and Harry Grunk. Carry a grunt call in the rattling bag with you, too, because you can, you see a buck that's cruising, say, out of distance, whatever. You grunt and rattle to him. It can create curiosity of one of these satellite bucks that's cruising, and still he could be a good shooter buck. 
Mm-hmm. And, and you could lure him into that range uh, to make the shot. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask because I know last week we had some uh, discussion about that, and that was the fact, uh, does a grunt call work, you know, here during the pre-run, or, you know, does rattling work during the pre-run? And, and I think the general consensus is yes. Yes, it does. Right now is the most effective time to be using it. The peak rut, to me, peak rut is when these bucks are locking down with the does. That's when they're breeding the majority of the does within a given area. They're harder to call away from does during this time. They're harder unless you can challenge them with a roar or a bark and a growl and a snort, sniff, wheeze. And I feel some doing that. And uh, use these techniques during the peak rut. It can help you close the deal. And right now, those same calling techniques will work during the pre-rut with these satellite bucks or buckets guarding does. Hey, that's when you take a break here, and uh, you know, I, I would like to get you to do a demonstration of uh, those calls that you just mentioned when we get into the next segment. Folks, you're listening to American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends. We'll be back in just a minute. Hey, y'all, it's Tyler Farr, and you're hanging with me and my good buddy, Alex Rutledge, on American Roots Outdoors. Up a big old hill, year after year, got my How many of you are tired of your batteries running out of energy, out of power? Let me tell you about Amped Outdoors. I've changed using the batteries I have had in the past. Amped Outdoors, I have the new 80 amp, 24 volt, single battery, weighs 46 pounds. This thing has produced energy all day long. Tested for two days, total use 11 hours. Cannot tell the batteries have even lost any energy. Go to Amped Outdoors if you want to be successful and not run out of power. Around your heart, so you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American Roots. Eagle Seed presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors. What you just heard there was a growl and a tending grunt from the American Roots Outdoors WDC wooden deer call. And you can change the tone on this thing by putting your finger over a hole like a flute. This call is very easy to use. I'm actually holding the call right now away from my mouth over a foot. I'm going to blow air from my mouth. As I blow, listen how easy it is to use. That's unreal, isn't it, Wayne? Yeah, so they don't have that hanging on your tree on a windy day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I've got a deer in the yard, a doe, she just come around here looking at me. <laughs> it's crazy. <laughs> but anyway, to talk about calling techniques, okay, during this phase right now, if you've got a satellite buck and you see that satellite buck, say he's out there 100 yards, 200 yards, whatever, you, the first call you want to make to him is like this. You don't want to be too loud or too soft. You may not hear you. So medium, mediocre, medium volume. It's like a turkey. And I always say this. It's like a turkey clucking. Hey, look here. Come here. Does will grunt. Bucks will grunt. Okay. And if a buck raises his head and looks at you, do not keep calling because he can pinpoint exactly where you're at. He continues to walk. Get a little louder. With a little, like a growl, a short growl, 
He gets his attention. He looks. And the wind is blowing from him to you. If you've got a decoy set up, if you've got a mop scrape, uh, whatever it may be, if he sees the decoy, he's going to come to you if he's an aggressive deer. Yeah, I would, and I would think, with that being said, that, that there are bucks that uh, uh, you may do that to, and they will not come. I mean, that would be a deer that exactly. you know, either focused on something you else. And some deer, uh, yeah, that's exactly what I was going to say. Some deer you will actually scare away with a grunt. Exactly. Why? I was going to say, I agree 100%. you got to be careful, especially the closer they are, The uh, you could startle them if they're you know kind of just looking around. That's what you want them to do is come in and not know where you're at, not pinpoint you, because uh, that is one thing that uh, if anybody thinks that a deer cannot remember or pinpoint a sound, they're crazy. Um, because I I, anybody that's been hunting long enough has known that if you get busted in a tree, how many times have we moved our stand because we got busted and that deer will come in the next day or two days later, and what's the first thing he does when he steps into there? Look right that at that tree that you were in. That he busted you in. They remember. They they can pinpoint sounds like you wouldn't believe. And it's just like a turkey. I mean, the turkey, you, you give a couple clucks in that, uh, a turkey can come right to the tree that you're at. And it's amazing that through all the woods and all those trees, they know exactly where you're sitting. Exactly. Exactly. Their hearing is ten times greater than humans. And that's why I say you don't ever want to call loud and aggressive to any animal initially on the first call you present. You want to do soft and easy. Then if they don't respond, go to medium volume, and they don't respond, then get a little louder. And if they don't respond at all, after you get loud, you're out of luck. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and we laugh at that, but that's just the way it is. I mean, that's how the game is played. Exactly. So the grunt call can, can help you close the deal on a lot of bucks. And again, I just want to reiterate, that you're going to see a lot of bucks cruising. They're really starting to cruise right now. And there's some bucks already guarding does. I've said it for the fourth time right now. And those bucks are usually the most dominant buck in that area. And what you're going to see, you may even see fighting. Some people have been lucky enough to film it. We filmed it several times, haven't we, Wayne? Yeah. And uh, it, it, it right now is the crucial time. This is one of my favorite times to hunt. It's from the 25th of October, plumb through rifle season. And... Uh, if you all didn't know, if you haven't watched me on uh, Facebook or follow me on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, I harvested a four-and-a-half-year-old eight-point management buck uh, two days ago off the ground. I went into an area, and I'm going to share my technique and strategy with you. I put up a, a rhino crown blind uh, in an area where I knew it was a travel route. and It was underneath a huge white oak tree, and there was a, a scrape there. I thought, man, this would be a perfect spot. I could see a long ways. And I can call, rattle, grunt, whatever I need to do if I see a deer out of range. But I knew the deer was traveling the edge of this wood line, and the deer are on acorns big time right now. And the first morning I go in there, uh, I sat for four and a half hours, seen 11 does and one small buck. And I saw some turkeys. That was Sunday morning. I didn't go back and hunt Sunday. It was too hot. Then I went back Monday morning, two days ago, before daylight, got in there, and I made a mock scrape right next to the scrape that was there. And this was a the buck that I ended up closing the deal on was a cruising buck. 
and I think he was coming to check these does. And there was no bucks with these does, and I had uh, five does and fawns come from the south directly in front of me at 30 yards, and all of a sudden, something spooked them. They, they went to blow, and I thought, man, I've got my ozonics running. Surely they'd smell me. I've washed my clothes, my hair, everything clean. And I thought, maybe they spooked at that mock scrape I made. So they go, I film them running off, and they run down about 100 yards as it was, and they're standing there, and they're looking back up to, towards me. And I turned the camera from them. I turned my viewfinder on my camera backwards where I could see myself talk when I'm talking to the camera. And I'm saying, I have no idea why these deer spooked. They shouldn't have smelled me. Maybe it was the scrape. And as I'm talking, I look in the viewfinder. This buck walks in to the left of me, behind <laughs> me. <laughs> and I just turned the camera from me right to him and flipped the screen. And I'm filming. And I made up my mind instantly. I could tell he's a mature deer. And I went to full draw. And uh, it shows me drawing back and everything. I shoot him like 18 yards. Perfect behind the shoulder shot. I shot him with a fixed blade broadhead, and what had happened was I hit, I twelve ringed him, didn't I, Wayne? Yeah. Yep, sure did. Perfect shot, but it hit a rib bone and turned the arrow, and it went up in his spine. Mm. Hit and turned, and uh, the deer. As soon as I hit him, he drops to the ground like you shot him with a rifle, and he growled, and he laid there and uh, expired right there after a little bit. But uh, he's a four-and-a-half-year-old eight-point. He's probably 125, 130 maybe. A big, mature deer, a huge-bodied deer. I figured the deer would fill dress 160, 170 pounds. What do you think, Wayne? Yeah, it looked like a uh, – uh, definitely a, it had some weight weight to it. Um, I, again, I'm still, I still got to get used to the size of the deer here from what I'm used to. But, <laughs> you know, 160-pound yeah. yeah. buck is like a, a good-sized doe in Ohio. But uh, – it, it, for here, I mean, I couldn't believe when we walked up to it. Uh, it had that massive chest to Wayne. it. Quit ridiculing and mouthing our southern deer. <laughs> you got to stop this. Let me ask you, since we're doing how long has it been since you killed the deer? Uh, with a truck or without a truck? <laughs> yeah, with your bow, gun, anything. Let's talk about it. Yeah, three years. Three years now. All right, you need to get this year. You've got to close the deal. You and Redbone's got to kill a deer. Oh yeah, as soon as I get Thanks. clear from the, I told you, as soon as I get clear from the cardiologist, I'll be out there shooting a gun and getting that muzzleloader sighted in. I'm I'm amped up for uh, January's muzzleloader here. Well, quit making fun of our deer. <laughs> well, they're just different. It's hard. It's it's hard to judge. It's hard to judge when you're coming from a different area where things are you know different size. Uh, you know, you look at a deer. That's why I think for me the hardest thing was judging age of deer, uh, because I kept saying, "Well, that's that seemed like a, a young deer," because I was seeing a smaller body. I was thinking younger, younger deer. When actually down here, that is the mature deer. That was yeah. a good sized body, but the chest on the one that he shot the other day. I mean, it had a nice barrel chest to it and a short nose. Uh, you could definitely tell it was a mature buck. Hi, right, folks. Time for us to take another break. Go ahead, Red. Yeah, we need to take another break. We'll be back more American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge and his friends right after this. This is Brenda Valentine, and you're listening to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. For whatever kind of fishing you want to do, Denali Rods has got the rod for you. 
Based in Mountain Home, Arkansas, Denali Rods has got rods for all types of fishermen, from the Covert Series to the Attack Series. They are the rod preferred by Alex Rutledge and American Roots Outdoors. Find a dealer near you by logging on to their website, DenaliRods.com. Follow them on Facebook and Instagram. I'm Alex Rutledge, and I love my Denali Rods. Outdoors presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors, this final segment of the radio show. And if you're a podcast listener, the way you listen to a podcast, you go to any podcast carrier and click on our link and listen to us and give us a good rating, hopefully. And uh, we have a giveaway every week on American Roots Outdoors on the podcast. And this week, we've got a giveaway for the Wise Eye new mini trail camera. And this new mini trail camera is supposed to be a hot ticket. The quality of the photos is supposed to be superior. A 12 megapixel. It does not do video, but it does do high quality pictures. And the trigger speed is really fast. And pictures will come instantly to your laptop, your computer, your iPhone. And if you have several of these cameras running in one area, it can help you tell you when deer's coming to you or if you need to move to another food plot or another area, etc. And Wayne, I think you've got a winner. Yeah, we're going to draw it, draw it right now here. I'm going to shake the uh, shake the hat up. I'm going to let okay. Red, Redbone uh, he's going to draw in there. Pull a name out. Alright. Find out who we got here. We have we have Michael B. Michael B. is the winner of the Wise Eye. Yep, keep that and we're going to draw two more because we're going to give away for the second one here is going to be a Hornady hat. A Hornady hat goes to Christy Holmes. All right, Christy, congratulations. And one more is going to be Yeah, one more for a uh, podcast thermos. A podcast thermos. American Roots thermos. Uh, Michael Slotty. There you go. Michael Slotty got himself a podcast thermos. There you go. See, and that's, that just goes to show. All you got to do is leave a review, get in on the uh, drawings, and uh, three people just walked away with some great prizes. We're going to give away American Roots hat next week for people listening to this podcast and calling in and giving a review, and I'll autograph it, and Wayne will autograph it in Redbone, and we'll send it out to you next week. Back to the story of me closing the deal on my buck, and congratulations to all the winners, and thank you all so much for listening to American Roots on the local stations across the country, and our podcast. Uh, what I didn't tell you guys is when those does come in, they blew and run off. I grunted at them real loud like this. As they was blowing, they took off running, and they stopped after I went to grunting at them. Hmm. And it wasn't a minute that this buck come in behind me to the left of me. So they was probably blown at that buck because they wasn't ready to be harassed by a buck. And by me grunting, made him come to my location. So carry a grunt call with you during this weekend, during the youth weekend hunt. Carry a grunt call with you at all times. And again, the grunt call I'm using is a WC American Roots grunt call. It's a wooden grunt call. You can do two tones. Here's, here's a loud one. Here's a deeper one. 
that car is real easy to use, and I'm telling you, it will turn a buck inside out if he's aggressive, and it will make him come to you. You know, and as I say, Alex, we were talking about keeping bucks on a, you know, if you shoot a buck that's alerted, uh, that actually probably played a huge part in you sealing the deal on this buck and being able to make that 12 ring shot is that you stopped those does. So when that buck came out, those does were still visible to that buck. And if you look at the, when we played back the footage, that deer never once looked back at your, at the, uh, at the blind, never, never looked back in your area. He was just totally dead eyeing those does that were out in that field there and started walking right towards them. Never had a clue you were even there. Exactly. So, you know, just because a deer blows, and I said this in my social media post, doesn't mean your hunt's over. Your hunt could just begin. Don't be afraid to blow back at deer, and I've done it many times. When they blow, I blow back at them and follow it with a grunt or bleat, and it creates curiosity. Those deer probably think, well, why am I blowing for? That's another deer over there. So don't be afraid to try things. And I think the key thing to closing the deal this weekend, I just want to recap what we talked about is if you know where a bunch of does are at, that's where you need to be. And make sure when you go into your hunt location, the wind's in your face, you're you're going undetected, and carry a grunt call with you. And you, too, may close the deal this weekend. We want to wish all the kids the best of luck and be safe and make sure that you respect landowners' rights and don't hunt where you're not supposed to if you don't have permission. And remember, if you don't shoot a deer, it's not the end of the world. It's all about the experience of being with whoever you're hunting with and the memories that you're making. When you harvest a deer, and I always say this, or any animal, it's a God-given gift. It's just a bonus of the hunt. Yeah, it's all about making the memories, and and, and that's what you'll talk about uh, years down the road. And it's what Adam and I talked about, my youngest son. Uh, you know, we'll talk about when he was you know, 8, 9, 10 years old when he started hunting. We'll talk about the hunt, but not so much the deer. Right. The deer was kind of secondary. You know, we'll talk about remember that time or remember that time and you know, the things that happened and, and, you know, the drive in or the drive out or, you know, what we did for lunch that day or whatever. Uh, the actual deer itself never hardly comes up in discussion. Exactly. And that's, and folks, that's what, and that's what you want. That's what you want. And you want to make sure those kids have fun. Yeah, as I was say, the, uh, I know my kids have always talked about more of the events leading up to the the actual kill but not the kill itself it's never been the highest on you know their list of things that they want to talk about it was you know what they you know the preparation the time spent in the field you know shooting you know going to the the 3d archery shoots and things like that getting ready for the the hunt itself and it was never about the deer you know except for one yeah my (laughs) my 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 son's very first buck was a 23 inch spread so he that one he talks about that one you talk about about, and He was spoiled after that, but um, he was also humbled because it was years before he got himself another good buck. <laughs> kind of like Mallory. You know, the first time I took Mallory, he's 14 years old. She shoots a 159-inch deer, mm-hmm. uh, the biggest deer on our farm. And, uh, you know, it, we could spoil our kids. If, if we, we, we try to tell them, oh, you got to kill the biggest deer, that's really not what it's about. No. It's about again. It, it's it's about the experience. About it's about God's nature and creation, and it's about passing on our heritage of the love of the sport, and that's what it's really about. And I, I want to say this in our bonus segment. I'm going to share some things, some tips with hunters, how to make your hunt more enjoyable. We are in the bonus segment for these kids while you got them in the blind or or where tree stand or whatever. But uh, 
yeah, it's about the heritage. It's about our roots, passing on our roots to these kids so hunting will stay strong for the future and years to come. And Alex, that should just about wrap it up. We are about out of time. Well, guys, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for listening and supporting American Roots Outdoors. Thank you to all of our sponsors, Wise Eye, Hunt Control, Hornady Ammunition, Eagle Seed, Nutriplot, Amped Outdoors, Slider Fishing, Jewel Bait, Denali Rods. Uh, we thank you all, True North, for supporting us, believing in us, and remember, hunt safe, and all we respect landowners and uh, conservation rules. And take a kid hunting, share the outdoors with a kid. It's what it's all about, keeping our future strong of the sport of hunting. And remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. So you never gotta worry what the wind might do. American Thank you for joining us for today's American Roots Outdoors Radio with Alex Rutledge. You can find us on Facebook. Look us up on the World Wide Web at AmericanRootsOutdoors.com. We'll be back again next week on this great radio station. Denali Rods presents. Welcome back to American Roots Outdoors with Alex Rutledge and friends. We are the two friends. Hey, you know, that $10 you gave me goes well spent. I tell everybody I'm your friend. <laughs> but uh, I got uh, my crazy studio. Oh, shoot. I wasn't supposed to say I got 10. I only got five. Oh, uh, maybe he's paying me for next year, too. And, was, and it was all in quarters. No. Quarters. <laughs> Well, I double paid you for quite a while now. Anyway, Wayne. yeah, I see. I got. I'm covered through yeah. 2022. Yeah. So yeah, we're good. We're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah. hey, if you missed the, uh, the the radio segment of the show, uh, just a recap. Uh, Michael B was the winner of the Wise Eye Mini Cam. Christy Holmes got herself a Hornady hat, and Michael Slotty got himself a podcast thermos. Uh, that we're going to get out to you guys in the next week here and uh, enjoy. Please post your pictures and uh, folks make sure you leave us a review because you never know what you're going to win. And just because we're saying we're giving away one prize doesn't mean we're going to give away just one. We gave away three this week. So you never know, but leave a review. Make sure you leave your name in the review. We had two reviews where people forgot to leave their name. Does me no good. I can't draw you. <laughs> so make sure you leave your name hey, in the I review. Do, I do want to say something though, Wayne. Mm-hmm. Thank you for what you do, Redbone. Thanks for what you do. But Redbone, you make it easy fifty dollars an hour for the work you do. So fifty dollars an hour, pretty good. <laughs> got to rebuild. Got got to rebuild now. <laughs> fifty dollars yeah. an hour. Mm. Okay, I say that. I got two hours, about two hours in each show. I say I, I say that about every week. Every week um, during the week, when, in the mornings when I listen to Mike. On the radio, I'm like, well, this guy's not getting paid enough. He's he's hilarious. <laughs> he keeps my morning going. And lately, hey, which, you know, we're, ha- we're, we're a Halloween weekend here. That's right. I want to tell you my all-time favorite Halloween joke. You ready, Alex? I'm ready. Do you know what happens when you don't pay your exorcism fee? <laughs> what? what? You get repossessed. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, my goodness. Oh, that's funny. That's funny. There's your one-liner. There we go. There There we go. Yeah. So, anyway, guys, uh, you're taking kids. The main thing is you don't want to make the child feel uncomfortable. 
You want to make sure the child stays warm, dress the child properly, uh, practice with the child, make sure the child can make an accurate shot. And uh, the message you need to give that child is that, you know, teach them uh, to be respectable to the animal and to landowners and to the MDC regulations, the rules and regulations. And to also, I want to emphasize this, it's not about the kill. Even though they get one, that's the bonus. That take them a, a comic book, take them a uh, iPad or, or your phone or whatever. Let them play games as they're hunting, but don't let them spend the entire time playing the game while you're hunting. Well, you know, I'm gonna, you I'm to gonna pay attention. I'm going to run off of that real quick on what you're saying here about letting them play games. I agree 100%, but there's a lot of people out there saying, man, no electronics, no electronics, no electronics. <laughs> and I disagree with that in, in the simple form of, like you said, let them play a game or something, but don't let them spend the whole time on it. But this is a good time now to let them use your phone, your your their, their iPad or whatever, and teach them how to use some of the things that we use to to increase the odds for us, like you know the Hunt Control app. Teach them to, you know, yeah. to use the Onyx it's and good. how to drop pins. Uh, you got the other ones yeah. out there like HuntWise, HuntLogic, DeerCast, all different kinds of things. But that's the time where they can, yes, they're still using electronic. They're doing what kids like to do nowadays, but they're learning a new skill that will help them, you know, later in life when they're hunting on their own. Yeah, and here's another thing you can do, and I think this is very interesting. I do this all the time. Uh, you can pull up an interactive radar map. And there are a lot of them, mm-hmm. and you know you can you can zoom in on that radar map right down to you know a house. Well, give them that phone, pull the map up, and say, "All right, do you know where we are? Try and find us, Good and stuff. and have them try and pull that spot up on the map." Right, and um, you know, and and then you can look at that map and you can say, you know, all right, so here's how we're going to get out of here. You know, and here's where we're parked, and that, you know, I mean, you can you can learn so many things. It's kind of like looking at a topographical map, and kind of charting out how you're going to go in, how you're going to come out, where the deer are likely to come from. I mean, there's so many things that you can see. You can show them the crossing points because you're going to see this patch of woods. There's a little opening, and there's another patch of woods here. Mm-hmm. There's so many things you can see on that live radar map that, uh, I mean, you can just teach them. Right. Teach them right there in the blind. The yeah. Onyx app is the best app out there for doing stuff like that. However, I do want to say, Linda, I want you to look at all these does, look at these decoys right now in our yard. There's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven does standing here looking at the bucket doe in my yard. It's 35 yards of us. That's crazy. <laughs> We're thinking, that, that's a colored deer. <laughs> but anyway, the Onyx map is the, the, uh, way to go right now it's the hottest app out there but i do want to say this i don't think you, you i think you can let your kids spend too much time on an ipad or iphone or with with uh, electronics they need to, to focus on the outdoors what the outdoors is really about you need to educate them about that and uh, i think there's too many kids spending too much time on people's phones and and laptop stuff playing games when they need to be outside doing more stuff right uh, right well, one of the when things, I was a kid, oh, go ahead. No, when go I ahead. was a kid, Redbone Wayne, I never wore shoes until it got 35, 40 degrees. I was outside, man, playing with talking toys. And, you know, kids now, it's like they don't want to get dirty unless you, you know, kids in the Ozarks know what it is to get dirty and play in the mud and stuff. But a lot of these kids, the families won't let them get outside, you know? Yeah, I remember for, nice. my, I remember for my sixth birthday, 
I got a, a St. Louis Cardinals ball cap, and that meant that I could now go look out the window. <laughs> that's crazy. But that's, that's my thought. It makes yeah. it not enjoyable for the child. But, but you know, they can spend too much time again on electronics. Yeah. They need to learn what a white oak tree is. They need to learn what a red oak is, teaching the different types of trees. And I've done that with Braxton here the other day mm-hmm. in our yard. And he could tell me after I gave him a quick crash course on it. What a hickory tree is, and teach them what acorns are dropping first, and what right. the deer love to eat, and educate them about the outdoors. Don't let them learn it on a computer or reading something. You need to teach them. Yeah, well, and you want to teach them what a rub is and what that rub means. And we talked a little bit about this last week. Teach them what a scrape is, and what it's used for, and then how to read that scrape. I mean, uh, you know, there's a fresh wet spot. You know what that means? Uh, there's where he rubbed his antlers across the scrape. You know, why do they do that? Uh, you know, here's. You know, here's a licking branch, and here's where the ground's all tore up, where he's been in here on that licking branch. I mean, there's so many things that pertain to the hunt that you can teach the kids while you've got them in the woods. Exactly, exactly. You know, it's our responsibility, Wayne Redbone listeners, to pass on our our traditions, you know, our roots, so to say, again, uh, of, of this great, wonderful sport that God has given us. You know, it's time that uh, we teach our kids to be, our, our boys to be tough, and our girls to be feminine. Um, you know, that's just life. And I think some families have lost a focus on on what we should be teaching. But I guarantee here in the Ozarks, the majority of your people out here is teaching your kids how to cut wood, how to skin a deer, skin a fish. Uh how to plant a garden, uh, how to live and how to survive when things get tough. Yeah, I even posted on Facebook today a picture of uh, Braxton gathering up firewood for the uh, campfires that we're going to have coming up here and that. So, um, But, you know, real quick, I want to just get in, but I know we're getting close to the end of time here on the uh, bonus segment. But another thing that it, uh, Jessica White actually brought up uh, when we had her on um, that she did was bring a book of uh, birds for the state that you're hunting in because when she was sitting there and you know to pass time and to learn every time she would see a bird you know when she was when she was just a child when she would see a bird her dad would make her you know look up what kind of bird is that you know so it gives them something to do you're interacting and they're learning at the same time awesome stuff awesome stuff yeah well gentlemen i think we had a wonderful show We, we shared some of our tips and techniques and um, how to help people close the deal on a, a mature buck or a good buck and share some tips with the hunters how to make their hunt more enjoyable with the kids. You know, carry snacks with them too. Something, you know, they get hungry. And, and what I do is I carry a jug with me or a five-gallon bucket. They need to use the bathroom. They can use it right there in the blind. Uh, you know, you want to have to go outside and urinate on the ground or, or whatever it may be. But uh, being sent free and keeping that wind in your face and being undetected is how you're going to close the deal. And hunting where the deer are at. Focus on your does, you're going to see the bucks. And just make sure you bring a lid for that bucket. That's the other thing I want to throw oh. in there. <laughs> <laughs> Line it with a bag especially, also helps. Especially if you help with Wayne Locke. You want a big lid. <laughs> Man, I can't even tell you how many times Alex made me carry his bucket around. I said, what is this, like yeah. some kind of initiation? I thought they outlawed this stuff here. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> hey guys, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for listening all across the world. Thank you for helping us make the top fifty on Apple Podcast here many times. And uh, if you think of something you want to hear on the show, email us, get with us, uh, message us on Facebook. Go to our website, message us. We'd be glad to talk with you and listen to your suggestions. And uh, remember, share the outdoors with somebody. It's the only way we're going to keep this hunting heritage strong. And remember, when your roots run deep and strong, there's no reason to fear the wind. <laughs>